If you have your scriptures with you, we're gonna, I'm going to be preaching out of a psalm. Psalm 92. It is one of those psalms that is a chiastic psalm. What that means is that it has three parts. Uh, verse 18 uh, or verse 9 is, uh, 8 is the center. And then both parts from the center, you develop the same topic above. And from the center, you develop the same topic below. That's what chiastic psalms mean. Uh, it does help us in reading them because it gives us a structure of the message in which is the, the word of God is coming through to us. And allow me to read uh, Psalm 92. Listen to and for the word of the Lord. It is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High, proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night. To the music of the ten-string lyre and to the melody of the harp. For you make me glad by your deeds, Lord. I sing for joy at the works of your hand. How great are your works, O Lord. How profound your thoughts. Senseless people don't know. Fools do not understand. That though the wicked spring up like a grass and all evildoers flourish... They will be destroyed forever. But, but you, O Lord, are forever exalted. For surely your enemies, Lord, surely your enemies will perish. All evildoers will be scattered. You have exalted my horn like that of a wild ox. Fine oils have been poured on me. My eyes have seen the defeat of my adversaries. My ears have heard the rout of the wicked foes. But the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of of our God, they will bear fruit in old age. They will still stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord's upright. He is my rock, and there is no wickedness in him. The word of the Lord. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree in the house of the Lord. They will bear fruit even in old age. I, I, I was uh, taken by that uh, verse in particular because we have a lot of, some of old age people here who think they have checked out of life and that life has checked out of them. Maybe society may have checked you out, but the gospel says no. Actually, there's another translation that says this part where it says, um, and they will stay fresh and green. Another one says they will stay sappy. They will have the power within. They will have that, that, that thing that creates newness within. So my old members of Light of Hope, you ain't checked out yet. I'm going to let you. Some team, something will happen that you will have to get involved. And I love it. When a couple that, that's enjoying honeymoon, and like, like Joan and, 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 and Ken, and they decide to be Mr. Tom's ride. And inconvenience themselves a little bit more in, on a Sunday morning so that Mr. Tom can come to church and worship with us. 
Thank you for your sappiness. That's how it comes out. But I haven't been preaching about sap or anything like that. In the last few months, I've been talking about a place to call home. The idea that we can be a good spiritual home for people from our community, not only for ourselves, but for everyone else around us. Now, I can think of two communities in our society, <laughs> two particular communities in our society, where people who are in there know that they're sick. And they're hoping to get better. Uh, when I first wrote this a few weeks ago, I, I put a mental health institution. Where people know, they may know, actually, they may not know it. <laughs> so I refine this as a hospital. In a hospital, most people in a hospital are there hoping to get better. Is that true? Of course. So if you're in a hospital, you, are, you know you're ill... And you know and you hope, while waiting with a smile, that you are going to get well. There is another community in our society where it should be like that. And that is the church. The church should be a community where we all come together on Sunday, not because we think we're okay. But because we know we're not okay. Am I alone in that one, or am I the only hypocrite? When, when people tell me in the streets, oh, I don't go to the church because the church is full of hypocrites, I says, yes, but at least we know it. And we're trying to do something about it to one degree or another. We know it. Oh, the church is full of liars. Uh-huh. But, but we know it. And, and the Lord is trying to do something about it with us. So hypocrites and liars... Come on, there's space for some more. You know, the, the world will tell us, oh, the church is full of people who are just uh, 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 homophobic and everything else phobic too. But we know about it. We not only fear homosexuals, but we, only, we also fear Bruce Jenner. <laughs> and we love. Because we know we're screwed up. Am I supposed to say that? We know we're messed up. I mean, am I the only one who knows that? Okay, thank you. Because <laughs> uh, I know I need God every moment. Oh, every time I have a human being in front of me. Almost every time. Yeah. So we, we know that we are sick. We know that we need God. However, I have been to hospitals where people really don't think they're sick. I have been to many hospitals where people pretend to be so well that they do not want the sick ones around them. Oh, by the way, these hospitals are called churches too. You see, Luther was the first one who used the phrase that the church is a hospital where souls can come and be lifted and transformed into the image of Jesus. That's our wholeness. That's our healing. But you see, uh, that, and thus the resurrection of Christ brings us into the family of God. We study not only that the keys for, for, for the resurrection was also the key for, for, for to enter the family of God, but we also learned that a vertical relationship, an upward relationship, that family of God has a chance of working when our families haven't, hasn't worked 
The family of God has a chance of working because it is guided, it is informed by the vertical relationship between us and God. And as we relate to God, as God relates to us, as we develop that intimate relationship with God, then our horizontal relationships will acquire, will be informed, will take a new flavor, a new way of being. Yeah, that happens. What was that? Then the other way we talk about living in love, abiding in love. And we found out basically that the Christian church is at its very best. That you and I can be a very good witness. That Jesus and God is pleased about our witness when we are loving others. But Jesus and the world finds us at our worst when we begin to reject and become exclusive within and outside the church. Today I want to talk about leaving a place to call home. In the movie Little Miss Sunshine, how many of you have seen that film? It's a very cute family film. Uh, it's about a very messed up family. A very highly, highly dysfunctional family. We have those actors, Steve Carell and, and Alan Arkin. That's why I watched it because Alan Arkin was there. So his, his role was very interesting. It, it is about an extremely dysfunctional family where failure, bankruptcy, addiction, denials, and shattered dreams fill the shelf of this family's house. They embark into a trip to satisfy the dreams of Olive, the little girl, who wants to compete in a child beauty pageant. They embark on this road trip and everything goes wrong in the road trip. They have this ancient Volkswagen van that breaks down and the only way to move the van is literally to push it, put it in neutral and make sure you get 20 miles an hour and as it goes it kicks on on third gear. Remember those times when I had a Volky like that? We had to push it and then jump in. <laughs> and drive it. It happened to them. The dad loses his job. Grandpa dies on the road and they put him in the back of the car because they're late for the pageant. They're committed. <laughs> the police stops them, but the young man who's there is watching out some porn. When the police stops, he throws the porn to the back of the car. The police opens the trunk, checks the porn, likes the porn, didn't see the body. Let's them go on. The young man who's dreaming of being a pilot, which is Dwayne, he discovers in the trip that he is colorblind. In the beginning of the movie, you see Dwayne measuring everything because his goal in life is to be a fighter pilot. And on the road, he found out that he was colorblind. So obviously, Dwayne has a meltdown. They stop the van. They go down to where he's just bouncing and kicking the van. They stop. He goes out running, cursing. We can't play that video. Cursing and just bringing down every saint and a whole thing up in the skies. The young man had just lost his major emotional dream of being a fighter pilot. He's having an emotional breakdown. Dad's talk didn't work. Sister's, uh, mom's talk didn't work. And as the family standing on the ridge looking down upon Dwayne, the sister decides to go down the ridge and sits beside him and there is no conversation. She just sits and leans on him. I know you lost your dream. 
she was about to lose hers because they were late. And then he says, let's get up and go. And just that moment where she sits and lays her head on his shoulder changes him from inward selfishness and anger to my sister needs to make it to that. And as they walk out, the movie has one of those road signs. I couldn't find a picture of it. I looked for it. But as they're walking back up to the van, they see in the background the sign that says, United we stand. A place to call home. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of God. They will bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh, green, and sappy, proclaiming that God is good. You see, we feel at home when we are smiled at. We feel at home when we are approached and embraced. We feel at home when we're invited in. We feel at home when the chair is pulled out and people just point out and set yourself right there. We feel at home when we are made part of. We feel at home when we're accepted just as we are. We feel at home where we don't fear judgment, when we don't fear criticism, where we don't fear rejection. We feel at home when we can be vulnerable, where we can be frazzled, where we can be together. You see, Jesus makes us feel at home when Jesus accepts us, when he openly receives us, when he expresses no judgment or condemnation towards us, when he gives ultimately all of God's love towards us, when he ultimately forgives us of all sins, Jesus is making us feel at home. And with us, in good times and in bad times. Jesus' hospitality invites us to pray before he even checks our credentials. Jesus welcomes us as part of the family before even doing an administrative entrance exam. One of my uh, favorite spiritual writers of the 20th century is Henry Nouwen. And Henry Nouwen says, Hospitality makes anxious disciples into powerful witness. Hospitality makes suspicious owners into generous givers. Hospitality makes close-minded sectarianism into interested recipients of new ideas and insight. When we turn from our fears and when we turn off the natural sense of rejection of others and we turn on God's accepting love, then we become accepting and we become mentoring servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. When we dwell in the courts of the house of the Lord, when we are transplanted from the world into the kingdom of God, when we find our house in the kingdom of God, and I'm not talking about a church in particular. I'm talking about the church in general, the kingdom of God. When we dwell in the course of the house of the Lord, we learn to die to our old rejectful ways and learn to embrace, learn to welcome to our home and have, the, and, and have them become, have others become part of the family. 
For those who dwell in the house of the Lord, we, we, we experience God's love. Thus, we love others as God has loved us. We experience Christ's acceptance, so we share that acceptance with others. We experience Christ's forgiveness, so we openly forgive others, not only once, not twice, but three, four, five, seventy times seventy. Forget about counting. As Christ sees hope in us, let us see hope in others. As Christ has given us a new way to live, let us welcome others and invite them to that new way of living and walking among with us in this house of the Lord. As Christ has empowered us, let us walk with the power that others bring from Christ with us. As Christ restores us, let us restore the ruins of our past. As Christ makes us home, let us welcome others to this home. You see, now light of hope, as many people, it's a good idea. In light of hope, we will receive as many as God sends. You see, we can't think the church is getting too big. How dare we? I mean, think who, tell that to Jesus. Jesus, I don't want this church to grow anymore. I was joking. We have to welcome weird, unchurched people. We no longer have the cream of the crop of good Presbyterians out there. No, they're dying. We're burying them. As they come with their own ideas, from every nation, from every race, from every generation, from every socioeconomic level in this community, they will call Light of Hope a place to call home. We have a sign out there that says, no judging, just loving. Can we do that? You see, at the site of the empty tomb when the women were there and the messenger, the angels, told the, the women to tell the disciples, Tell them to meet me at home. By the Sea of Galilee where everything began. And Jesus promises to us always to be with us at home. And home is not the building. Home, it is us. So I'm asking you, can we be home for others? Can we be home to a community that's looking for a home but is afraid of this house? Because they are waiting for something that feels like home where they can be themselves, where they can bring their burdens, where they can be frazzled and in pain. They need a spiritual home. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Some of us have begun a new life. May. And she's transplanted, not to light of hope, but what light of hope is teaching. And because May has been coming for the last year, uh, uh, something has happened. And I remember Keisha, her daughter, one day, Nakisha, but we call her Keisha, shows up one day. I didn't know who she was. 
says, who are you people? Because my mother is changing. I didn't tell her these words back then, but I will tell her today. She has found a home in the courts of the Lord. And guess what happened to people who transplant? Their life begins to change. Oh, May has a long way, right, May? I do too, my sister. But we have began that journey. We have began that journey as we find ourselves rooting, developing roots in the house of the Lord. I, I went yesterday to see Jim Neff. And Jim Neff is also, listen to this, is also close to entering the triumphant church. And when we talked about that, he said, he looked at me and he said, it will be well, it shall be because God is good. Wow. When our dear sister Helen was also nipping at the entrance of the triumphant church, last things I heard was, I love the word of God. I love Jesus. When Dot was about to finding out, she wasn't like it. It was too soon for her in her schedule. But when she found out what was going to happen, she said, I'll be okay. Because I'm going to be with my Lord. How many of us facing death can confidently with a smile at one moment or another, in spite of the fear, I am going home. I am going home. And they know they're going home because they have tasted of it right here. They have a taste of it with a fellowship of families. They have tasted of it with, with the love that one another shared. That's why they know that they'll be home. Blessed are those who are dwelling, growing in the house of the Lord. For they will prosper. So my dear sister and brother, we journey on. But guess what? We'll leave the light on for you. We'll leave the light on for you. Because life will come and go. Some will go off for a while. Some will come back for a while. But we'll do this. We know that Jesus is in charge of our lives. And we know that God is the God of our lives. And therefore we trust. And we hope, waiting with a smile. As Jesus makes us home for others, we're going to go ahead and leave, and leave the lights on for you. Amen.